As part of this course, I am endeavouring to provide you with the most helpful and useful guidelines and information about alcohol so that ultimately you can get to a point where the role that alcohol plays in your, your life is absolutely minimised, that you feel free from it. So I think it's really important to talk to you about moderation and I want to be upfront with you so that you know my own personal perspective on this. When I had completed that my um, examination of my relationship with alcohol, I had undertaken the whole reframing process, really looked at all of my beliefs around it and had switched them around to healthier and truer beliefs. I absolutely did not contemplate moderating. I didn't desire alcohol and so the concept of moderation didn't feature in my life. But this was not always the case. So before I went through the This Naked Mind process and this whole reframing process, I had had my own very serious struggles with alcohol which ultimately led me going to rehab for four weeks. And some of you might know my story around this. And when I came out, I still had that desire for alcohol. And so I wanted to attempt to moderate. And this was an absolute failure. It started out okay, but it just kept on ramping up and up and up. And I got, to my, got right back to the spot where I was before I had hit my rock bottom. I am not a rare statistic in relation to this. People who have had their own problematic history with alcohol find it really hard to then successfully moderate. So all I'm asking you to do is just bear this in mind. Um, when I am coaching people or counselling people, a large portion of my clients do actually want me to try and help them to moderate and I find this really really hard because for me it's like teaching people how to learn how to drink petrol but I really also support people feeling free to do what they want to make their own choices to drink in whatever way they feel serves them but I think what I really just ask as part of this process of learning of moderation is just to be cognizant of the struggles and the risk and why it does not necessarily sit together well with retraining our unconscious mind. So I'm just going to run through a few of the major points now. So what ultimately frees you from the enslaving process of alcohol is the understanding that alcohol is addictive and it doesn't provide any real pleasure whatsoever. Once we know this, once we've absorbed it, it becomes really difficult to want to drink alcohol anyway. The desire to drink alcohol is what motivates moderation. So as long as you're, I guess, unwilling to let go of the idea that you desire alcohol, it's also going to be really hard for your unconscious mind to recondition itself um, 
with a fresh understanding and reframed perspective based on personal experience. At the start of this course, one of the main things that I ask you to do is just to open your mind to the possibilities of being able to question anything. And if you start with the refusal to want to reconsider your desire, it's going to be really hard for your subconscious mind to believe that it can exist without alcohol. So just consider this and all I ask is just be open to the possibility that maybe you can exist without alcohol and you don't need to moderate. Just be open to it. So here's what I've noticed. People who go into the world seeking to moderate their alcohol intake, they tally their number of drinks. They're always considering how much they're going to drink at the night and make sure they stick to it. They're looking at the servings of alcohol to make sure the quantities are kept within a certain limit. They're, they're considering how many, how many drinks they've drunk. On top of all of that, they're, cons cons they're constantly in withdrawals. So they're boosting their alcohol level and then they're allowing it to trickle back. And with that becomes that unsettling, uneasy feeling. And then they're boosting it again and then allowing it to come down. So they're feeling withdrawals, that emotional withdrawal feeling. To me, that is just really exhausting and unsettling. With all of that is the absolute need to really rely solely on willpower. So we now know that willpower is a muscle. It's not a belief. It's not a decision. It's a muscle that is stopping you from giving into your cravings. And the fact is that when you have exercised your willpower throughout the day, making all of the various decisions that you're making around work and parenting and life, when you get to that end of the day, you are tired and exhausted and it's going to be really hard to rely on it. And that's what cognitive dissonance is. So when you're keeping up the process of moderating, relying on willpower, you're not closing, closing that cognitive dissonance gap. You're still always telling yourself to moderate that you don't want to drink, but you haven't retrained that subconscious not to want it. So here is, I guess, some my top six points that describe what it's like to moderate. One, moderation always requires you to make decisions around alcohol. So instead of a single decision based on a refreshed subconscious, moderation is always requiring you to keep your subconscious beliefs in line with reality despite cravings caused by alcohol. And every decision will require that willpower, which we know it's a finite re, uh, resource. Secondly, moderation is difficult from a physiological perspective. It's neurochemically addictive. We've got the dopamine being put in our system and then 
the withdrawal that's happening when our alcohol, blood alcohol level falls. So we're feeling restless and uneasy and the stress hormones are sitting in our body and we now know that these stress hormones even continue on days we don't drink. So physiologically, we're setting up ourselves up to feel pretty crap all the time. Thirdly, alcohol impairs our ability to stick with our intentions. I mean, and that's obvious, that's a real fact. Even a single drink changes our brain's chemistry and our state of mind. So even if we've gone into a room with a fairly strong commitment that we're just going to have two, um, chances are you're going to have much more than that and your intentions are not going to be able to be um, achieved. Fourthly, alcohol makes you thirsty. So since your, ba- your body is craving a liquid at the same time that alcohol's crea- creating a craving for alcohol, the, you're more likely to really just going, want to drink another glass of alcohol. Fifthly, alcohol numbs your response to normal stimuli. So what actually happens is that you become tolerant to not only the artificial pleasure of alcohol, but it makes your pleasure center numb to the everyday pleasures of being able to enjoy life and everyday activities and being able to socialize and laugh and and feel just the natural dopamine effects that your body would ordinarily have. So your baseline level of enjoyment has is lower. So you're going to find it more of a an intense desire and need to use alcohol for you to enjoy that occasion. And that seems a bit of a rip-off to me. And finally, sixthly, alcohol will increase your cravings, but it doesn't increase your pleasure. So at the same time that you're numbing Whatever it is you're trying to numb, you're also numbing your pleasure. And the fact is you're not enjoying it anyway. So whenever you are continuing the use of alcohol in your life, these six factors are always going to be at play and you're never really going to be truly liberated from alcohol. So when you're addicted to it, it takes no effort to choose to drink and it takes willpower to change that plan. The great news is that the reverse is equally true. So if your subconscious mind doesn't desire alcohol, it's really easy to not drink. Your habit becomes not drinking, you don't need willpower. So beyond thinking there's good evidence that your brain pathways and connections will actually change over time. It's this real science that enables us to know that our brain can establish new neural pathways. It's called, you know, it's neural plasticity. And what it means is that when we take a really good break from alcohol and we put into action new habits, new behaviours, that allows us to enjoy life without it, it becomes easier. And we've rewired our brain to not need it. 
And when we start drip feeding then alcohol back in, in an attempt to have a moderating alcohol life, it undoes that to some extent. And you can find yourself very rapidly back at the same spot where you were. I think is a really good case to at least give an alcohol-free experience a red-hot go for the greatest length of time that you can. Your choice as to whether you want to start moderating at a later stage or immediately, but be cognizant of all of this that um, it can just make the process difficult. And my one last thing that really helped me is that the idea of going to a party and just having one or two drinks didn't interest me because you see, way back when I was drinking, I wanted to have about 10. So What's the point of undoing all the hard work, re-triggering all of those cravings, that uneasy feeling, just for the sole goal of having two drinks? For me, it's not worth it. <laughs>